Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Nebraska Abilities Podcast. I am Andy. I'm Nat- I'm, uh, I'm Zach. And I'm Nate. <laughs> and we are here to talk about Nebraska falls to Northwestern 28-31 to in Dublin. First game of the season, week zero. And boy, folks, do we have a lot to discuss about what happened Saturday and as our podcast indicates, a lot of possibilities that could have happened that did not happen. And Nebraska is reverting back to how it has been the past five years under Scott. And with that, I think we'll just go right into some of the positives we saw from the game. So for me, I definitely think Casey Thompson at times looked fantastic. He looked very confident. Uh, the play calling for Mark Whipple that we saw for the first time Saturday was what we thought we would see a very pass oriented offense that Mark Whipple has run in the past. Um, Casey executed it very well. And then there were times um, that Casey didn't look so stellar, um, especially second half where he missed some, missed some of his targets overthrows, obviously the two big interceptions um, can be argued that, Maybe it weren't his fault. Maybe they were on the receiver's fault. But either way, it goes down as an interception for uh, Casey. Uh, with that run game, um, I think was a big note for what outside of Anthony Grant's 46-yard touchdown. Not really, not really there for the offense and for how much that we had heard about this offseason and how this offensive line was firing off the ball, opening holes, getting the run blocking. Didn't really see much of that. And you credit Northwestern uh, for that. They put a game plan in there, stopped our running backs. Maybe they were just better than our line. It's still the first game of the season for both teams. So we'll see as the season progresses how good Northwestern really is. Um, but uh, hand that over to whoever wants to go next. Uh, just some of the positives that we uh, or one of you two saw that uh, came out of Saturday. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, Andy, you hit on a lot of it. I know that I disagreed or sorry, agreed with a lot of what you said there. Um, you know, for most of the game, I thought Casey looked really good. Um, a lot of what came down to the interceptions, like you said, uh, me personally, I, I thought those were more receiver problems than uh, Casey problems. But again, stat sheet says that was, you know, on Casey. So what do you do? Um, but I thought he was a real bright spot. It honestly, I thought, I mean, we, I I guess let's just start with the offense totally here. I thought the offense in general was really well done. Um, you know, the run wasn't great, like you said, Andy. Um, but I think it showed a lot of bright spots. And I think at least for the first half, I was actually impressed with the run there for a while. I was like, okay, you know, Anthony Grant looks like a shining soon to be star for the Huskers. If, you know, he continues to run and he ran hard, I guess he, he showed like he could be the number one back for the Huskers, you know, going forward, barring injury, of course. Um, and I mean, of course, if we're going to talk about, uh, positive things with the offense, we got to talk about that wild scramble by Casey. Oh yeah. That was, that was awesome. Uh, I mean, I know, uh, the three of us were chatting during the game via text and I remember, um, talking about at one point specifically early where it would be nice to maybe have Adrian Martinez's um, ability to scramble or even just run. Uh, Cause Casey wasn't necessarily known the same way Martinez was for that. Uh, and then, you know, shortly after 
we saw that. It wasn't exactly a Martinez looking play, but it sure worked out. And I can tell you, I jumped off my couch at least five feet in the air and almost hit my head on the ceiling. But, you know, for the first half, I was super hype. And then just kind of went from there, but we'll get to that. But no, I thought the offense looked really solid. Um, obviously, some rust needed to come off. Um, but yeah, overall thoughts, I thought the offense was one of the highlights of the game yesterday, all things considered. Nate, what you got? Yeah, I mean, I think overall there's a lot of a lot more good than there is bad. I mean, as kind of optimistic as it might sound, I mean, we, we did lose the game. But there, like you guys mentioned, the offense, there's a lot of really shining spots out there. Marcus Washington looked really good. Trey Palmer had some really, really great catches. And, uh, Casey could have made a couple more of those. Trey Palmer, I think, he could have. A little way there, but still, they were our receiving core looked really good. Uh, Travis Oakley, when he was out to play, and uh, he looked just incredible and just about unstoppable out there. So that was that was really cool to see. But then, even the defense, I mean, for those first probably two three quarters, they I think stood pretty tall, and then I, it looked like they got a little tired down the stretch. But overall, there was a lot of intensity that I was really uh, impressed with seeing from the defense and. Uh, at least there there is room for improvement, which is, I don't know, I think a little bit of a positive. They're, they're not reaching their ceiling just yet. And I think we still got a lot we can see from them. And then uh, even, even special teams, uh, we had our blunders, but the overall core looked good, and it wasn't necessarily any of the players' faults for uh, <laughs> some of those things that transpired. And we... I mean, we made all of our extra points, which isn't something we we're always able to say, unfortunately. So that was that was one bright spot. Our punts went the right direction. So it's like can't and complain almost, too much of the group. And an almost fifty-six yard field goal. Like, yeah, I don't know about you guys, that blew my mind. I was like, holy! <laughs> even though we missed it, I was like, he's got the leg, and the kick itself was not a duck far off to the right or anything. Mm-hmm. I was like. It's like, all right, you know, he missed it, but 56 yards, I can't kick a ball 16 yards. So <laughs> props, you know, props to the head guy for being able to have the leg for that. And sticking with special teams, um, I think I credit to Northwestern. I mean, their special teams was also – their punter did, did what he needed to do. I mean, last year's team would have fielded some of those punts inside the 10-yard line and fumbled it, you know, obviously the safety last year against uh, Illinois and trying to return that. Um, last year's team would have fumbled those or caught them when they shouldn't have. Um, it was a smart decision to let those punts go. They just they bounced Northwestern's way, and there's nothing you can do other than credit their uh, punter for being as good as he was. But uh, Bushimi, for us, I think you know it's finally nice that we have a solid punter this year that we haven't had for the past couple of years. So I think that brought a lot of ease of mind to – I think Husker Nation, at least for me, knowing that we have a competent punter out there, um, and like Nate said, you know, making all our field goals. That fir- after that first touchdown, we got our special teams out there to kick the field goal, and like just like last year, I just held my breath because you had no idea what was going to happen. Um, but he went four for four on those field goals um, for extra points, and I think that just helps with the confidence, at least from the special team side, of had, knowing that we have kickers that are willing to make those kicks for us um but 
anything with defensive-wise positivity. Um, I think there were some good things. Um, there's a lot more on the negative for the defense that I have, but at least some positives. <laughs> um, I thought Reimer, before he kind of got hurt right before half, and then he came back, um, he played well. Uh, Isaac Gifford, I also thought, played well. But I think that's just... Outside of that, I think it's just credit to Northwestern's offensive line. I know uh, Pat Fitzgerald was very high on them in the offseason because he had four of his five returning offensive linemen. One that uh, left tackle is a preseason All-American. So um, he had Garrett Nelson on him all day. And uh, obviously we didn't get any sacks. So it just shows you how good he was containing Garrett Nelson um, all day. And I think that's what, that's what hurt on defense is we went up immediately against a very veteran offensive line. Um, and we very rarely heard about O'Shawn Mathis, who we had heard all offseason that he was going to be this great edge rusher. And I heard his name maybe once on the broadcast. Um, whether it was just, I think it was just a tackle that he made. But outside of that, like, heard nothing about him. And I think we all knew this defense would kind of stay uh, a step back this year. But I didn't think it would kind of turn out as it did Saturday to where missing tackles, blown coverages. I mean, that one of them hurt that Northwestern uh, touchdown. Guy was wide open. No, no defenders 10 yards around him. I mean, that's just what you live for as an offense to have those type of plays. And I think the defense definitely has a lot to work out. Um, we'll go to Zach there. Uh, just your thoughts on defense. Yeah. Um... You know, you kind of hit on the points there. Um, I have wrote down on my notes here, um, which you kind of touched on at the beginning, was Luke Reimer. Um, it was blatantly obvious once he went out, too. Uh, he he was the catalyst of the defense. He's the, he, he you know, he might not have the best game for the rest, every game that we play, um, but he's going to be the guy that's out there pushing the defense to play their best. And you could see it until he went out that our defense for the most part at that point was doing well. They were doing their job. Um, they were, <clears throat> excuse me, they were absolutely doing what they needed to do to at least keep us ahead in the game. You know, we got off on a hard start and obviously they let, they let a couple scores, I think there early in, at least in the first half, but I don't think Nebraska was necessarily phased at that point yet. It was just more like, Oh, you know, we, they're, they're just figuring us out. They just had to make the adjustments. Well, and the adjustments didn't really come, but ironically enough, you, you mentioned, uh, O'Shawn Mathis. Um, I'm just looking at the stats here. Uh, he actually is credited with four solo tackles and then uh, 10 total. Yeah. So, I mean, he was in yeah. there a lot more, but he did not make the impact. Like you said that we thought he would, um, Reimer obviously led uh, the tackles. Um, and then Henrich Henrich was uh, third. He... So, I mean, the guys that I think the guys that we expected to make impact, I honestly did, but just they didn't make enough of an impact against, like you said, a veteran O line at Northwestern, and you know, props to them. They had they had a really good showing. I thought, Nate, what are you about you? Yeah, and no, I, I definitely agree with all that. And I'll just touch on the worst part of it, I guess. The, uh, the tackling was just abysmal. Mm -hmm. like, there, I don't remember it. <laughs> it hasn't been that bad since uh, the Mike Riley years. Mm -hmm. and 
Those were those were rough. It was I don't know. It was just a lot of open field tackles, which are tougher. But then you had two, three guys missing after that, and I'm not sure where that really came from. Is the guys were in position, they just weren't, I don't know, following through with their tackles or something. Mm-hmm. That was that was definitely tough to see. Um, we let up a lot of big plays because of that. And so um, definitely some steps you need to take. But in theory, it should at least be one of the easier things to fix, at least. I mean, it's one of the fundamental things mm-hmm. about football. So, I mean, should be easy enough to <laughs> tell them how to hit a guy. But um, I think that one's something that's reasonable to fix. But, uh, yeah. There were some good spots. Like I said, uh, Reimer was really seemed like a catalyst, I thought. I thought Garrett Nelson was going to be more the kind of big hitter guy and a little more vocal on, you know, like in models and stuff. Really, Luke Reimer really showed out to me. Uh, almost surprised that uh, we didn't see him as captain. But <laughs> yeah. I think uh, Pugate Gate is not because they were working hard. Um, I think Saturday showed that uh, this team is not as conditioned as we were led on to believe or that we thought they were. Um, Definitely by did the end of the game. See, speaking of Pukegate, did you guys also see that um, the O line coach, I think, from Northwestern yep. tweeted out and I saw said, that. And we only puked four times or something like that? Yeah. It's like, uh, it, it definitely. We got to start a rivalry with Northwestern. <laughs> <laughs> it definitely showed Saturday. I mean, even by the second half, that our defense was gassed. And Northwestern knew that too. Um, I think I sent you guys that tweet that, uh, like, the eleven minutes in the fourth quarter left in the game, that Northwestern did not attempt a single pass because they knew that we were tired and all they had to do was run the ball and just gas us, and that's all they did. They had fourteen rushing attempts after like the eleventh minute mark in the fourth quarter because they knew that we were not going to be able to recover, and that's that's one of the things that I. To win football games is obviously you win it whoever has the ball last. And that's credit to Pat Fitzgerald. We said this before that, you know, he's a smart coach. He's going to have his players ready. And I think he went into that game knowing all we have to do is just to get the lead and just sit back and let Nebraska try to win this game because he knew that we probably weren't able going to be able to. And obviously we didn't because – uh, everything after that onside. Should we just get right in? Just go right into the onside Let, I was discussion? Say, we're, we're there. We might <laughs> yeah, as well just talk about the off. giant elephant in the room. <laughs> so now we'll quickly recap. I don't understand. I do not understand because the last time I, every time in the third quarter when I would play Madden, I'd hit the ask mad button, ask Madden button, and he would never say onside kick. Why no, did no, ma- no matter how many points it was up by <laughs> did, did did Scott Frost just decide to like throw out the playbook at that point? Like, and I, I still can kind of, and I'm putting this in quotes, very heavy quotes. I can kind of see what he was going for, speaking with momentum, but still, it made zero sense. Like, if maybe if you're in the fourth quarter and you're up by two scores and you've got like five minutes left and you just want to try to be that guy. But even then, like as I'm saying that, I'm like, that's still dumb. Like that's dumb. That that's it. That's all I got. I'm <laughs> that's so, all I got. Well, it was stupid. So yeah, leading up to that point. So 
outside. So to quickly recap, Nebraska takes a 14-3 lead. You're up 11 points. You give that all back going into halftime. You're down 17-14. to 14. You come out of the half. You score immediately. Go up 21-17. to 17. Next play, Northwestern fumbles the ball. For one of the luckiest, like one of those bounces that Nebraska did not get the past few years, that ball stayed in bounds. We recovered it. And I think all of us were sitting there like, this is it. These bounce, like everything's going to start going our way now. That ball just bounced our way. Our defense stepped up. We're going to go down. Anthony Grant rips off that run. We go up 28 17. And we're all thinking, is this it? Did this team finally respond to adversity? And then you come out and. <laughs> You do the atrocity of kicking an onside instead of just kicking it downfield and making Northwestern drive 75 yards. You're going to make them drive 40 yards. I think they got it at like the 43, 44 yard line, somewhere around that area. And I have seen clips of Frankie is the kickoff kicker from Fox running back to the sideline and talking to Bill Bush. And you can kind of see Bill Bush mouth the words, what are you doing after that happened? Which makes me think that we can talk about this a little bit too, whether it was Frost's decision or if it was uh, Bill Bush's slash the kicker's uh, decision of Bill Bush saying, hey, if you see them lined up like this, you have the okay to kick that. And I'm under the impression that I think Frost is taking the responsibility for it because i think as a head coach if you hear that and you give the okay it's yes it's very maddening that he still went through with it because he said after the game that if he had a chance to do it again he wouldn't do it again so i think he's like falling on the sword trying to cover for his coaching staff but at the same time, if you're doing that, you still have the power in that moment to hear that play call and be like, hey, no, don't do this. Just kick it downfield. So I think it's a little bit of both. I think Frost is trying to cover for his coaching staff. But also at the same time, he has the power to make that decision to either onside it or just kick it off. And as we know now, everything that happened after that onside went downhill the rest of that game. So either, yeah, we'll just yeah. go to Nate. What do you think? That was absolutely the point. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't have anything really good to say about it. <laughs> it was a, uh, I yeah, I was just watching it and I couldn't really believe what I was seeing. <laughs> to be honest, it was just one of those things where you're you're watching the game, and you're like, oh, that's an odd formation. <laughs> And then it happens, and it. I I remember having to do a double take at like the quarter in timing, like mm-hmm. oh, yes, the third quarter with a bunch of time left. And that that just doesn't really make sense. And like like you said, Zach, even fourth quarter with some time left doesn't. <laughs> I don't remember the last time that I ever saw a coach in a football game that was winning attempt mm-hmm. an onside kick again, unless I use my Madden example. When you're playing with your friends and you're like, ha ah, I'm up 400 points. Let's see if I can get more. But that's not real. Like, <laughs> it, You have like, all the I momentum in the world. You're up 11 points in the third quarter. And Frost 
said also after the game that he thought if they get that ball, they can close the game out. I have never known any football coach to say that we can close this game out in the third quarter unless you're up 42 to 7 or something like that. Mm-hmm. You're up 11 exactly. points with half of the third quarter still left and a whole fourth quarter to play. And you think if we get the ball back here, we can close out this game. That is like the maddening part to me is yeah. like, this, this is a basketball equivalent of like a heat check. If you like Steph Curry <laughs> going three for three for <laughs> half court range. And then he pulls up like, Oh, maybe I can make this again. And then air balls it. Like that is the equivalent of what just happened. You have, all the momentum on your side. You just ripped off a huge 46-yard run touchdown. And then it gets taken away just like that. And I think all of us, just because we've been through this so many times, at least for me, I sat there and I go, okay, if the defense gets a stop and we come back and we get something on offense, this is good. But if defense doesn't stop them or, you know, if something weird happens, like, the game is over and Northwestern evidently scored like four or five plays later after that onside. And I sat there thinking this, this is where it starts. This is happening. And it's just the same old movie over and over again. And let's assume, you know, just for a couple seconds here that, that they had this, you know, they had a scouting report or whatever saying that when they get in this formation, you know, we have a chance for an onside kick. Okay, great. The kicker kicked it to the running back. And I understand not all running backs are known for their hands. But you know who definitely isn't known for their hands? Generally, the linemen that are up front. (laughs) Why do you not kick to one of them? And again, I don't coach professional football. I understand that. That's why I don't make the million dollars that those guys do. But what? (laughs) I, I just, I can't. And even going back to the point of, like you said, with defense. Um, you know, I don't know if this is right. I kind of just spitballed this yesterday when I was talking to people about it, but instead of giving your defense a shot at make or, you know, get, making your defense have 75 yards to work mm-hmm. with and, you know, giving them most of the field to try and get a stop, you gave them half the field it, less than I think mm-hmm. even. And at that point, our defense was like 50, 50, like there was a good shot that they could stop them. Um, it wasn't a guarantee, obviously, but I our defense was still playing well enough, if you will, to to have a better chance at a stop at the, from their twenty five yard line. So, like, I just, uh, I'm glad we didn't do this yesterday because this is all I'd be yeah, saying, just no, in a this, loop. There would be no actual is, discussion. I'd just be like, why did we do that over and over? This again? This is very good. We did yeah, the only like. <laughs> And I mean, it, and this goes back to when we were talking about this last year, when we were talking about even starting a podcast, it's like only Nebraska can find a way to make anything a possibility. Thus the name Nebraska ability. We literally (laughs) did it. We did not try to will this into existence. It just happened. (laughs) And even then we still lost, but we also lost by one score again. Like (laughs) if you want a perfect microcosm of the Scott Frost era of Nebraska, that those two key points right there an onside kick in the third quarter that led to a one point or a one possession loss. That's it. That like, that's a perfect example that just 
puts yeah, it into a perfect only little thing bubble. that I could conceivably come up with is like maybe it's a reasonable excuse for an onside kick is like what if Scott knew that the defense was getting tired and he wasn't sure that they were going to be able to stop them the next drive and he wanted to give them an extra set of offense to try and you know, give them a breather. That's, that's the only thing I could come up with. I mean, and that's a, that's a good devil's advocate point of, yeah, maybe you see that in your defense, but you have to look at it from a whole picture of in the moment is, yeah, your defense may be gassed, but you're up 11 points in the third quarter. You, I get that he wants to shut the game out, close the game out here, but you're not going to do it in the third quarter. If that was, you know, four or five minutes left in the fourth quarter and you're still up 11, it's still not smart, but it's a better excuse than doing it halfway through the third quarter. But overall, it was, I think we all agree, if However, this season turns out, whether it's good or bad for Scott, I mean, this this onside is going to haunt the rest of the season. And it didn't need to. I know I'll never forget it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that's, that's really unfortunate, too, is that people that didn't get... And I don't want to be that guy that's like, remember the 90s, remember the 90s. I'm not trying to be that guy. But, like, you know, we all... If we didn't see it, we heard about it. And so it's like, we want to see us at least be somewhat relevant mm-hmm. again. And so like one of our friends mentioned, uh, you know, when we asked for comments, I think it was Chris that said it, he's like, Nebraska's <laughs> back, but instead of being back to national relevance, <laughs> we're back on our bullshit. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's true. Like it's, it's really unfortunate because I'm not expecting us to turn into Ohio state within a year or two by any means, or, you know, anything like that, mm-hmm. but it would be nice to at least be on the levels of like, <laughs> at least Minnesota or Wisconsin and just hell Wisconsin's doing what we should have been doing when we came to the big 10. And you could just look at what happened after the onside, the offense had went two, three and outs, a turnover, a punt, and then the last turnover that ended the game. That's just, that killed all momentum that the entire team had after that onside. We did absolutely nothing on offense after that. And that is like the most frustrating part is it none of this had to have happened and i think i didn't watch all the the post game press Mm -hmm. conference with frost so correct me if i'm wrong here guys but did he say something about the offensive coaches needing to like very be more creative yes he was a hundred percent throwing his entire offensive staff under the bus on the first game of the season (laughs) I that statement made zero sense to me because again I think we we've touched on this plenty I think so far but the offense to me out of all three posi- or three sides of the ball I guess if you will uh, it was the best the offense was the best it wasn't perfect not at all but it was by far the the best one to watch it, I don't understand that I I think it harkens back to Scott is still not happy that he got his his job offensively taken away from him. And I th- as much as he wants to, you know, lie and say that, like, you know, I trust Whipple and everything, I think we all know, especially after that comment yesterday, that he is not happy that he's not calling the shots or the plays anymore uh, on offense. And 
you just you can't it's baffling to me that you would call out your offensive staff on the first game of the season as a whole staff after that it's it's mind blowing it it's just i don't know to me it's i this the three of us going back to when Scott Frost was hired all three of us were just elated as I think most of the state of Nebraska was, you know, at the time it was like, dude's a surefire coat, like great coach. Like we were like, we need to give him at least five years because he's essentially going to rebuild the foundation. <laughs> Here we are. <laughs> and like, I don't want to, I don't want to be that pessimistic, but I just don't see it. It's not this, this isn't it. And I, I, I don't know what it's going to take to fix it, but what we're doing now is not it. I think what's even worse is that now we're going to have the next two games, which we can get, we'll, you know, we'll talk about that in a bit, but we'll have the next two games, which I'm sure will help build a little bit of confidence. But just like Illinois last year, regardless of how much confidence those build, we still have the wind completely knocked out of our sails because we lost what should have been uh, not an easy win, not by that by any means, but we lost a game that we should have had. And by all accounts, we did have it. We just Nebraska it up again. What about you, Nate? Yeah, no, that's. I I, I think there's still a lot of positive to come out of. <laughs> that is why Nate is I'll, our I'll be the, I'll drinker. be the optimist. Yeah. <laughs> Always the optimist. Just looking for a Kool Aid sponsorship now, but um. <laughs> but no, I think like you guys said the offense looked great. There was a lot of a lot of good to come of that. I mean, there were the two turnovers down the stretch that really didn't look as great. They weren't necessarily you know, quarterback's fault. It was a little on the receivers. I don't know if they were ready for the ball, but uh, yeah, a couple turnovers when we're kind of in scramble mode. I don't know, it doesn't deter me too much from the whole body of work there. I mean, what was it? Like 300 yards passing, is that what it was? For Yeah, 355 for Casey. So, I mean, he had a good day. I mean, that first touchdown, like the entire first half, he looked just fantastic. He could put the ball anywhere he wanted. And it was really a beautiful thing to watch, but then something happened in the second half and you look like a totally different quarterback. And so I have have my concerns there. I don't know if maybe it was like lingering thumb injury or something that maybe knocked him out. That is what I've heard rumors of is he may have either kind of like either re-injured or like maybe something after, after that wild scramble play, he did not look the same throw in the ball anymore. That was evident on some of those passes that he missed. So that some of those rumors are maybe, you know, he went back to the sideline. Something happened with his wrist or his thumb. Cause some of those passes after that just did not look how he did in the first half. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it just, it was rough. I mean, I think we've, I think we've kind of exhausted what we've all kind of thought. <laughs> And I mean, I think, I think a lot of us in, you know, 
that are Nebraska fans just feel the same way. It's like, you know, we've, we've been hearing now for what, two, three years. We're this close. We're, we're, we're just about to turn a corner. We're not close. Personally for me, if, if we were going to turn a corner, it should have happened last year, obviously. But if, if we were still on that, that side of the, if we were still talking about turning that corner, Saturday was the day to do it. Like it, it should have just been, it should have been Saturday. Like you should have gone out and shown that even though Northwestern was improved, that Nebraska is also improved. And we finally were able to put the pieces together. Um, But I think that kind of segues really good into what we were going to talk about next, which is, you know, what's, what's the future? You know, it's obviously too early to tell, like, I don't, I don't think you can say definitively right now if Scott Frost is going to get fired. Uh, I mean, I, I guess I don't know. You could maybe, but um, obviously we've got 11 games left at minimum, unless we somehow magically get to a bowl game, which, you know, ever the pessimist raising my hand here, don't think that's going to happen. Um, I don't know. I, I guess what do you guys think? What's What's our future look like? Hey, you can go first. Well, you know, I think it's still bright enough. It's <laughs> was it always, always darkest before the dawn or something. I mean, <laughs> it's getting pretty darn dark. But <laughs> it's it's going to happen sometime. And I don't know whether that is Scott that's able to do it or not. Um, I feel like we do... We have a lot of playmakers on offense. We got a lot of guys that if they stick with the program, I think could be real difference makers on both sides of the ball. And um, we just we got got the good playmakers. We got decent coaches. I mean, even if Scott is fired somewhere in the middle of the season or something, you will probably I guess Whipple interim. If I had to throw a dart somewhere, but um, you're still going to have, you know, Mickey Joseph and Chimander and Whipple. And, I mean, the team's going to be in good hands. So even if the season may not be going the way we're hoping, there's a lot of potential to grow still, I feel like. And so that's kind of where I'm leaning my optimism from. <laughs> Fair enough. For So I think... I just, as much as yesterday hurt for a loss, I don't, I don't see a possibility unless we go zero and six that Scott is going to be fired at any point in the season. I think the only reason that you would do it is obviously, if anything drastic like zero and six or worse uh, happens, because um, October first is kind of the magical date where his buyout gets reduced. So for sure, I don't think anything were what like if anything were to happen, it would not happen to at least October 1st um, for any sort of in-season firing. But even then, I think if you had any sort of in-season firing last year was your chance to do it. So okay. I think Trev giving that confidence of giving him a whole staff, a whole new offensive staff and everything shows that Scott is probably going to finish out the season regardless of the record just because if you do it now like definitely if you did it like you know i saw the jokes of like fire him at the tarmac and everything i was like yeah 
it's funny, but if you do it now, it's a panic move. It's just something that shows that you had all the opportunity to do it last year, and then you gave him the vote of confidence after that Ohio State game, saying, yeah, these guys are gone. I'm going to let Scott choose who he wants to bring in. You know, he's got a whole, at least another year for him. Um, cause I think there's been very few in-season firings at Nebraska. I just don't think it's something that the athletic department does rarely um, or does often at all. But I, I don't think Scott will be fired until at least the season is over. Or like if, you know, the writings on the wall leading up to like the Iowa game or you know, the Wisconsin game, the second game of the season or last second to last game of the season. I think that is where you might possibly get some sort of early firing, but I don't think it's going to happen, you know, until definitely not until October 1st, but if he were to be, he's probably going to let Scott ride it out. If things keep on this trajectory, probably like the week leading up to the Iowa game, he'll probably get fired. Um, if things were to stay like that, I would love to absolutely be wrong. And I would love to go 11 and one from here on out. Um, I would love to be wrong if we went six and six and he kept his job, but it's just, it's the same movie over and over and over again that Scott can't get out of his own way. Even if he didn't call the onside kick, it still goes back on the coaching and on him that he can't get out of his own way to make one call to kick downfield and instead do an onside kick. Um, I've, I've, wanted this to work for Scott so badly and to work for this program. I've just with each each game that passes, I'm just I'm ready to hop off the Scott train and just let it ride into a fiery abyss. Like the past five years have been. Um but I don't think he will be fired until at least the end of the season or somewhat near the end of the season. Unless we go 0 and six. Then at that point it's like you know, the writing's definitely on the wall at that point. Yeah. Which just makes it not that the next two games uh, were weren't must wins, but like they are very much now. Absolutely. You have to win these games going into Oklahoma. I mean, because if you if you drop any one of them, I mean, it's a bad look regardless. Yeah. And I mean, I, I don't know if I'm fully on board with my statement I'm about to make, but. I'd almost argue Oklahoma <laughs> might be almost must-win status for him to, I think, truly not be on the hot seat. I'm not saying he won. If know, we had we, won yesterday, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, if we would have won yesterday and then go into the next two games, be 3-0 and into Oklahoma and then lost, I don't think mm-hmm. any – lost convincingly, let's say it that way. You know, we put up right. a good fight, and we like we did last year. Like, honestly, last year's Oklahoma game, people were like, okay, I, you know, maybe there's something here. Like, I, I remember thinking that personally, like, okay, you know, the first few games didn't really go the way we wanted them to in Oklahoma. We lost, but that was still not a bad game. I was, you know, pretty pumped up after that. Hell, we almost won uh, there for a little bit. And then, you know, we just, they, they just were the better team at the end. But now being that we lost to Northwestern, I think you have to look at Oklahoma down the road and think you gotta you gotta put up a convincing game uh i guess i guess it doesn't maybe necessarily make it a must win but it 
you have to play it. You have to play against them. Well, I guess you, you can't, we can't see what we saw in the second half yesterday. Um, I think in year five, we're asking Nebraska to play a complete game. Mm-hmm. Um, now with that statement said, I do think Nebraska did play a fairly complete first half, like in terms mm-hmm. of offense, the defense was a little shaky, but I kind of chalked that one up in the first half to just, you know, knocking the rust off. Um, both teams were doing it. You could tell that both teams were still getting into the groove of actually playing a game instead of practice, you know, but the first half I was not at all upset with, and that includes special teams, which has been a huge issue the past couple of years for us. Um, that first half I was like, you know, as long as we make some kind of adjustment, turns out that's where the statement, that's where that whole thing went off the rail was, you know, I, I thought going into halftime, we're like, we make a few adjustments. We changed some things here and there. We we've got this. And I was wrong. <laughs> like it really sucks to be wrong in that case, because I thought that was, I thought yesterday was, or yeah, I thought Saturday was the day I, I did. I was like, this is, this is it. Um, but it wasn't. Um, but that kind of was one of the questions I wanted to ask that I wanted to bring up was, you know, we keep, we keep talking about mid season, um, being kind of that point that we, we know what's going to happen. Uh, not, not putting a prediction down, but rather what does Scott have to do to keep his job just purely in terms of win loss record. And since I brought it up, I will start and I will say, by the after the Rutgers game, which is our sixth game, one, two, three, four, yeah, sorry, after the Rutgers game, I think we have to be at least four and two. Mm-hmm. I would agree. Which I think is possible, but <laughs> they're gonna have to really. I I mean, I think four and two is enough to maybe keep him as long as the rest of the year goes fine, but. Five and one is probably the actual favorable, if if at all possible. If we go five and one, then we might have something to talk about. (laughs) Um, Nate, I'll pass it to you. What do you think? Yeah, I think I can see three and three through that. Then you got to have a really strong finish to the season, though. You you got to be yeah, you got to be knocking off. One, if not two, of those Michigan, Wisconsin, Iowa, Minnesota, yeah, yeah, and I think I think Purdue is kind of being slightly overlooked by um, some people. Uh, not I mean, now as Nebraska fans, we can't overlook any game, obviously. But nope, I think Purdue. I think a lot of people are kind of lower on Purdue than I think we should be because Purdue's another another one similar to Northwestern that you know they may have kind of a crappy start to the year and then all of a sudden they just explode and then they finish well i mean it might not be always like super high but purdue's always one that plays tough and you know they're one that uh, there's no gimme that's i think that's the point i'm trying to make is there is no gimme game here realistically you're probably going to come out of the oklahoma game two and two would love to come out of that three and one um just losing yesterday just makes it that much tougher to get the six wins. 
because I think a lot of us were counting the Northwestern as one of those six wins. And now, now you can't you can't count on that. You got to count on beating uh, North Dakota, Georgia Southern. You know, beating Oklahoma would be nice, but I just it's I don't think it'll happen. Um, you got to rely on beating Indiana and Rutgers, and Rutgers is that it'll be that sneaky game where it's a short week. You got to fly to Rutgers on a Friday night and play them. And as we've seen with Scott in the Big Ten, I mean, there's. You're right, Zach. There's absolutely no guarantee that we can beat any of these teams. Um, you know, we should be, you know, either beating or, you know, consistently beating, you know, the Purdue, Illinois, Northwestern um, of the Big Ten West every single year. And I think I saw from, if you include last season and yesterday's loss, we have lost to every single Big Ten West opponent since last year which is a phenomenal stat that is remarkable <laughs> to think about but i mean yeah i think i agree with you you have to be four and two heading into purdue at a minimum for one any chance of scott keeping his job and two any hope of trying to save this season it's just like like I said before, like we knew these next two games were must win games, but now now they're absolutely you have to win these games. Whether you win them convincingly or not is a different story. But you have at the end of the day, you need a W on that sheet, regardless of how you get that W. Absolutely, and that is just it's it's just you just you're making it so much harder losing yesterday to get to to get to that sixth win. Um, and like we said before in our projections outside of Nate being the Kool-Aid drinker, <laughs> um, I, I was sitting at six and six and, you know, I've, I had tinkered with that five and seven, six and six line just because it Scott has not proved that he is able to win those games when we need to. And yesterday was just another movie of that. And that is just, it's just so maddening everything that happened yesterday <laughs> we shouldn't be surprised but here we are <laughs> no, but it, i mean it felt like a whole like illinois last year just a trajectory changing game like a tra- trajectory changing mm-hmm. loss and you gotta come out against north dakota and you gotta play some hard football like that you gotta <laughs> Got to put this one behind you and just come out and beat the teams you are supposed to be starting with North Dakota, Georgia Southern. Like you said, Zach, you had a strong showing against Oklahoma. And, uh, yeah, with the Indiana Rutgers, Purdue, I think you can drop one of them, but you got to probably be taking the next two out of three there. And, yeah. yeah, I'd agree. Well, so I think, yeah, speaking of North Dakota, do you just want to go? I was going to say, let's drop the, uh, start let's, talking let's about... forget about the past and let's look on <laughs> to the future, boys, as much as we don't want to. <laughs> it's, we, we just, we got to move on. We got to, we got to keep going with the season like the team will, as much as we, as much as that onside is going to haunt and loom over this entire season, which it will. Um, if we beat Oklahoma, I think a lot of that, starts changing we might slowly forget about it i definitely will not forget about it because it definitely was a bonehead move 
but I won't forget about it, but I might forgive it at that point. Yeah. Might be something to think about. But on to North Dakota. So FCS team, again, as we've discussed, an absolutely not even a should win. It is a must win game. Um, And this kind of what I had noticed, what we could have talked about for the Northwestern game, what I'll bring up now is the running back room. We didn't see a single appearance from Ramir Johnson. He was suited up. I know I didn't see anything that said like he was on the inactive list or like that he wasn't playing today. I mean, he was warming up in pads and everything. Didn't get a single appearance on the field, I think. Or at least not in the stat line. I don't remember seeing him on the field during the game. I don't think he was. But yeah, yeah. I, not even on special teams. And it's that is a very baffling thing to me and hopefully the coaches i had kind of a theory about that that i thought may be the case and it's kind of going back to your basketball example just on the other side Mm -hmm. anthony grant even though our running game didn't look that great i do think he kind of showed he had the hot hand and so i'm Mm -hmm. wondering if it was more of a grant is doing really really well and he's in a rhythm you don't take him out of that it's still Mm -hmm. baffling that ramir johnson didn't get in there at all I don't mm-hmm. think anyone can argue that, but I also wonder if it was, again, just a, a hot hand where it's like he's doing what we need him to do and he's in a groove. And yeah, may, you know, maybe most of the plays were, you know, dink and dunk one to two uh, yards, but, you know, for all for all intents and purposes, for what a running back is supposed to do, I thought he did his job well, and maybe that's what it was, is they just thought he was the hot hand and you keep, you keep feeding it to him. Um, right. And I think they said they were going to use him more as like a passing back first because i think they said they like he's been that versatile to be a passing down back and i mean even late in that game when we were trying to you know score take the leader title uh the lead at that point i still think that was a situation you could have used him because at that after that point i mean we weren't running the ball that well but it was it was a bit surprising to see him not on the field and who knows what scheme they'll come up this week for North Dakota, but hopefully we get to see some sort of glimpse of him this week just because he's, you know, the most returning back from last year out of that, uh, out of the running back group. And, you know, he had a lot of flashy plays last year, so hopefully we get to see him uh, Saturday in some sort of capacity, whether it's special teams or, you know, actually being a starting running back or just getting in um, at the position on Saturday. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, I think, you know, we've, we were kind of saw an update on bulk. Like, Oh, good. Um, He did say after the game that he did like, he kind of just rolled his ankle. uh, But his exact quote was, it was just a little ankle injury. I'll, I'll be fine. I'll feel good. So good. Who knows if Scott will talk about this uh, tomorrow or anytime this week, just on his update. I'm sure he'll get asked about it because, not having Volkolek in very much hurt the offense, as we saw. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, whether he was blocking or actually catching the ball, um, he, just his presence out there just kind of changed the whole offense once he got injured. Um, but it looks like he'll be fine for Saturday, barring any reports this week that said that he can't go. But um, hopefully he'll get back out there because that offense definitely needs him. And Saturday – will hopefully show that he 
can be a very useful tight end that we have underutilized in the past, just in the tight end position for Nebraska. Yeah. Um, I think with that, though, looking ahead to North Dakota, as our resident North Dakota man can tell us, um, I don't think North Dakota is one that we can just assume we're going to go in and win. Um, I mean, I think we're going to win. I shouldn't say it like that. But I, I North Dakota has been known to be a bruiser of a team, even though they're not you know, even though they're not FPS level. Um, and I I think they will be one to definitely keep your eye on, and I, I hope that Nebraska's game planning around them really well. Um, even if even if they're not a solid team compared to, you know, who we're going to play, um, and that's no knock to them. I mean, I'm saying that from just a fan of Nebraska football, I know – what Nebraska can do, unfortunately. <laughs> and I think we need to go in and I think they need to clear their minds of this game last weekend as much as they possibly can and look ahead. And so, yeah, so North Dakota hasn't played anything yet, so we have nothing to like compare statistically or anything either. So we can't really go off of anything, but. um, Yeah, no, last year they were a solid team. They, like I said, I think they lost a couple guys. I know they were uh, not burning back. He's not with the team anymore either. Um, but they played close games with North Dakota State. And they lost 16-10. to 10, Played close with South Dakota State. Lost 24-21. I believe that was in the playoffs. Um, they kept a game with Utah State close last year too. I remember actually watching part of that game. And North Dakota was, was winning for at least a quarter or two. And I think Utah State eventually ran away with it, but they're definitely not a team that's going to be afraid to come up against a bigger dog. Yeah. Um, I think another interesting point we have to think about is that I think the team landed sometime today. Um, I haven't seen anything from that yet, but I mean, this is going to be a long week for the team too because they – Gotta take a, either a day or so to recover just from the travel back to Lincoln. Um, they were out all of last week when classes started, so now they're getting back into the routine of going to classes and football now, officially for the first week. Um, so I think that'll be interesting just to see if con- uh, what their conditioning level is. Obviously, it wasn't great Saturday, so maybe that's an emphasis that the coaching staff puts on them for this week. Um, as they adjust to kind of like their first full normal game week in Lincoln. And um, it'll be interesting to see. Hopefully, hopefully we don't have puke gate 2.0 this week. (laughs) (laughs) I will Um, say looking at the weather, it should be, I think, somewhere in the 80s, 90s. It's going to be definitely warmer than it was in Dublin. Any September game in Nebraska is always going to be warm. (laughs) It's just how it always is. (laughs) Um, but no it's just looking at the game I think we're all just we're excited I I don't know if excited is the right word but I think we're just we're ready to get to the game to hopefully just get a win so we kind of feel better about the season now Um, but to see what adjustments they make whether that is how the run block is how defense overall looks whether they've 
worked on pass rush, run block or run uh, stopping this week. Tackling obviously is probably going to be a big emphasis. Um, but I'm excited just to get to that point of just get to the game, just kind of see what the team, how they respond to kind of big a loss that they know they should have won last week. See how they come out, see how they respond type thing. Um, Husker Nation just needs any sort of positivity right now. <laughs> it's called because the volleyball last... team. Yeah, they're <laughs> yep. doing well. <laughs> but um, I think we'll f- if anybody else has any other thoughts before we kind of give our predictions for Saturday. I think we've kind of yeah. covered what we thought. So Right. Andy, you so, lead us off, man. I will start. I think <laughs> I mean, I'm picking Nebraska for sure. I will go uh, 42 to 17 Nebraska with the win. I'll go right. next. Um, so I'm also going to go with Nebraska. Thinking you know, 35 21. 25-21. And for me, um, I think it'll be kind of a high-scoring game, relatively speaking. Um, I do think Nebraska runs away with it. Uh, I'm going to go with my gut in the same way you did, Andy. Um, I like 42 as the Husker score. Mm-hmm. But I think North Dakota is going to be good enough that they're going to – it could even be garbage time, but I think they're going to be good enough to surprise us a few times. So I'm going 42 for Nebraska and 24 for North Dakota. Okay. And uh, I think – do we think there'll be another onside this week? I hope not. <laughs> Maybe by North Dakota going into halftime if they're close to it. <laughs> that'd, be, that'd be my. That's that. Okay. I, if, if I'm, if I'm hoping for an onside kick of any sort, I hope Nebraska doesn't even consider it. Like, <laughs> take it off the ass Madden playlist, Scott. Like, that, <laughs> put it on there. Whatever play sheet that is on, they should uh, have burnt it on the tarmac back in Ireland. I'm hoping it was <laughs> for, I was hoping it was put under the the wheel of the plane. <laughs> I don't know. I assumed it rained. I have no idea. But I I think uh, I think we made it, boys. I think we made it through the first game and the first uh, <laughs> somehow. We're we're here. I think this was was this a very good idea not to do it immediately after the game. <laughs> Boy, we might have gotten, gotten, gotten there would have been a lot more thing. choice words that happened. We would have, yeah. I was gonna say we would have probably gotten this thing taken off the internet for the amount of cuss words. I was I was not okay after <laughs> after the game. Win or lose, we still booze. Yes, we do. Well. That- is for the Nebraska Ability podcast. Uh, thank you for everyone joining, listening in. Uh, I am Andy. That's Nate. That's Zach. We will talk to you next week after Nerf Dakota. And remember, if it's always a possibility, it's going to be a Nebraska ability. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. <laughs>